Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Imaginal Space Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Perry. The Imaginal Space Podcast is dedicated to knowing, healing, and exploring the aura. This podcast is a part of a multidimensional project designed to facilitate a deeper connection to yourself, the personal aura, love, the shared aura, and our universal family, the collective aura. Hello, everyone. Okay, so today's podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. I just wanted to try something new. Historically and in past podcast episodes, podcast seasons, all of the episodes, aura healings, etc., have focused on anywhere, I would say, from four to about 12 archetype cards. And I have really enjoyed doing those kinds of aura healings and aura readings. Um, I love reading the auras of dreams. I love reading the auras of the moon. And, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. I remember when I was first learning about the tarot. um, So this is before the archetypes deck even existed. This is before I had my own interpretation of the aura and what that really meant to me. Um, I remember my teacher or just someone somewhere, maybe in a book or something, uh, everybody's like a teacher and a guide in a very special way, saying that there is so much power and so much medicine in focusing on just one card. And I felt just like, I don't know, this like little push or pull or something like that to record an episode that did just focus on one card, one energy, one aura color, and see where that takes me because the way I read auras, they're so multidimensional. You know, there's so many, so, so, so many layers, you know? Um, if you know anything about tarot um, or anything about oracle cards or anything like that, um, the way I read the aura is kind of similar to that in which, you know, depending on where different colors are in the aura, depending on where different archetypal energies are in the aura, Um, All of that makes a difference. And depending on, you know, which, you know, energies and which colors are in pairs with one another, you know, like I said, where they are located, um, are they on the divine masculine side? Are they on the divine feminine side? You know, all of those add very, very different layers to an interpretation. And there's nothing wrong with that. It gives you so much nuanced information and so much detail But what I've been receiving lately is, you know what, sometimes you don't need that much detail. You know what I mean? Like if you have like a question or something that you want clarity on, sometimes it is equally or even more powerful rather to just focus on one energy, one color, um, what have you, so that way you can actually get a very clear cut message. So that's what I'm kind of playing around with today. Um, We're going to see how it works. I used to do this a lot, actually. Um, When I was actually first getting to know the deck, I would only use one card. And it was actually mostly because I didn't know the cards well enough to really interpret, I would say, more than three at a time. Um, It it was just way too confusing. So focusing on one uh, while I was getting to know the deck um, did turn out to be very, very powerful, very potent for me. And so I've just felt that call to return to simplicity for today. So we're going to try it out and see how it goes. Um, But that doesn't change how I like to start every podcast episode. And that is just to 
take a moment of silence. I say a little prayer inside my head, um, mostly just for, you know, God, spirit source, my spirit guides, my soul family to just guide me through the interpretation of, you know, whatever it is that we're going to be talking about today. Um, I like to say a little prayer to open. I say it in my head because I believe that, you know, we all have our own very, very individual, personal, um, unique and magical connections with God's source, um, maybe your angels, your guides, or even just yourself, you know, if literally none of that is for you. Um, yeah, it's very unique, very special, and it's something that we are meant to craft and hone on our own. So that's why, actually, I think in the beginning I used to share, you know, some of my prayers, and now I just don't. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths, say a prayer, you know, um, another way of interpreting that or to kind of, yeah, to understand what this moment of silence is for is to just be intentional, you know, set your intention, um, set up the space for yourself. Um, and also it could just be a moment of silence. You don't have to say anything, you know, if you don't feel called to. So I'm going to do that now. I take a couple of deep breaths. Um, since I'm so used to it, it takes me a couple of moments. But if you need more time, feel free to hit the pause button and then we will get started. Okay, perfect. So let's get started. I'm going to open with a little story. So yesterday or um, over the weekend, depending on when I decide to re release this, but let's just say over a weekend, um, my partner Michael and I went into New York City. It was a beautiful day. Um, we hadn't been there in a long time, you know, just because of everything that's been happening, you know, as of late, and we want to stay as, you know, as safe as possible. Um, and, you know, I guess it just depends on where you are. You know, you know, like what's going on where you live. Um, but in New York right now, like on those days where it is especially beautiful, I always love to take advantage of it um, because you can be outside. And, you know, of course, it's always safer to be outside right now. So we went into the city and my so he hasn't been into the city um, that much um, I'm not like a, I'm not from New York or anything like that. I love New York City. Um, I love exploring it. I'm always like finding new things that I love about New York. Um, to me, probably because I'm such an East Coaster, it's like one of the best cities in the world. I love New York. Um, so anytime that it is super nice outside, I always take the opportunity. I'm like, Michael, do you really, do you want to go into New York? And he's always down to go. Um, and what I really wanted out of this visit was, okay, so when I first, no, this is before, before I knew anything about auras, um, I heard about the aura cam that can capture your aura um, just on like a Polaroid photograph. And they have, I believe, only one of those shops in New York City. It's in Chinatown on Canal Street. It's called Magic Jewelry. Um, if you ever are in the area and you can check it out, you probably know about it. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but this is before I knew I could even really or really understood that I could really even see auras. And um, before I even started taking the deep, you know, dive, the deep exploration into auras in the way that I know them now, um, I loved having my aura photograph taken. I 
I thought they were absolutely beautiful. I really loved like having a physical rendition of the aura and I can like look back. I think I started taking them or going to that store like um, probably no more than four years ago. Um, and I still have all of the photos, but I really loved looking at, you know, how it changed or how it didn't change. Um, and that's when I started, you know, when I would like line up the aura photos and started, you know, comparing them, I started kind of coming up with my own interpretation of the aura, right? So that was before I knew that I could see them for myself or that I could see my own aura or that I could see the aura of other people or that I could just interpret it in my own way. And what's so also so interesting, and this is why I went back, is because, and this is the best way I've ever had it described to me, um, there is this beautiful medicine woman that is really known for her medicine readings. Um, her name is Deborah. Um, she taught me a lot about the aura and uh, inspired me to come up with my own interpretation of the aura. Um, but a lot of, one of the questions, because she sees auras so clearly, one of the most common questions that she would get is, you know, are aura photographs real, you know? And she would always say, well, imagine, um, and I'm really, really paraphrasing here, but her answer would always be something along the lines of, you know, when you look at a sunset in person, imagine you're looking at a sunset like in person, you know, you're there, it's beautiful, it's vibrant. Um, and now imagine that you're taking a picture of the sunset. The picture never looks like the actual sunset that's in front of you. You know, the colors are a little bit different. Um, there's nothing like experience. And I'm talking about like a raw image, you know, no photo editing, no nothing. The image of the sunset is never the same as, you know, what you're seeing in front of you. And that's the same thing. So the aura colors that she sees, it's kind of like trying to translate that to a photograph in the same way that you would not like colors just don't look the same. You know, when you're just looking at nature with the naked eye, um, it doesn't look exactly the same on a photograph. So it's that kind of comparison, you know? So it's not to say that they're real, not real. Um, the way that I interpret it is that, you know, everybody, it's kind of like, honestly, I'm not even sure we all see colors the same way anyway. You know, not even talking about auras, just, um, just very plain, like biological, like science, you know, I'm not sure that we all see the same, the sky as, you know, the same color, uh, like the same shade of blue. Um, and then you have people that are colorblind, you know, they don't necessarily, we don't, I would even, and it's not even like separating those who are colorblind from those who are not. I'm pretty sure none of us actually see the same exact colors because we're all like unique people, but I'm not really sure. I'm not like a, um, I don't know too, too much about biology. But um, so, yeah, back to what I was saying, the way that I kind of interpret it as, you know, none of us probably see the same colors anyway. And so we're all kind of tapping into different dimensions of the aura. If you can see auras, um, I can sometimes hear them um, or Michael can like feel them, which is really, really cool because sometimes I can just feel like, oh, what color is it? Um, so it's a very multidimensional language. You know, auras aren't just for seeing um, you can hear them, you can feel them. Someone probably out there can taste them. You know, there's so much, you know, wiggle room and creativity and layers to the aura that, you know, we don't even realize by just limiting it to just like a visual dimension. Anyway, so I believe that I tap into a certain dimension of the aura with the colors I see, you know, because for example, I am a very orange and yellow. I've always seen my aura as orange and yellow. 
And then whenever I would go get my aura photo taken at this, you know, particular store in Chinatown, um, it would always be like a pink or blue. Sometimes I, I saw green, just like a little hint of green. And then sometimes there was a little tiny hint of yellow. That only happened once, I think. Um, but it was always pink and blue. And then I actually got my aura photo done by that traveling aura photo project, Radiant Human, because I was also curious. Um, and it was blue and uh, yeah, blue and green. Um, still not orange and yellow. And then when I got it read by the um, Deborah, she saw orange and yellow. And I was like, oh, we're like tapping into the same dimension. That's so cool. Um, so that's why I've been so heavily influenced, you know, by her work and her healing practice ever since, because I was like, okay, we're kind of tapping into the same dimension and interpretation of auras here. And then also mine now has taken on a form and a life of its own. It's very different. Um, but yes, back to the original story. So I have my own interpretation of the aura. I still, I just, I don't know what it is. I love the aura photographs. If I had my own aura camera, I would be taking photographs every single day. I think they're fascinating. So um, even though I don't know what it is, even though I can see them myself, I still love getting the photo taken. So we go there. And since it's, you know, since they're trying to be socially distanced, because usually this place is packed and they just let anybody and everybody in, you know, pre-pandemic, pre-COVID. Um, and then now they only allow in I think they're only allowed to have like groups of maximum four people at a time. I think we waited like an hour and a half, um, about an hour and a half. And thank God, you know, the day was super nice. Um, so we were just out there talking, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we go in to take the photograph, I had a feeling so I can kind of I know what Michael's aura looks like to me personally um, whenever I understand I understand the aura in a couple of different dimensions, but his human aura uh, to me has always been very, very red. Um, and other colors, I wasn't really sure because honestly, I was like, I feel like his human aura is very red and it's going to come across as very red. Um, but I also feel like it's probably going to be like all of the colors. And I was completely right. It's beautiful. I have the photo in front of me. Um, there's a lot of red. Um, there's orange. I see yellow. I see blue. I think I see green over there too. There's pink. Um, it's very, very beautiful. And so basically I, we have this thing where he loves having, I think we all love having, you know, photos of our significant others. Um, but he loves having photos of me. He has a couple of Polaroids of me that he just like keeps around. And I was like, I really want a photo of you too to have. Um, let's get your aura photo taken. And I was just genuinely curious. And then mine, um, for the, I was also very curious to see too, because a lot has been changing in my life. I wonder if the camera can pick that up. And this is the first time my entire aura has ever been indigo. I've never had that color um, show up in a photograph. It's beautiful. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's very, very indigo. No, not a trace of like blue. Not a, I mean, indigo is like kind of blue, but not a trace of like the blue it used to be, like more of like a sky blue. Um, not a trace of pink. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's indigo. It's like, I think there's like two orbs there too, which is so interesting because usually in aura photographs, if there's like an orb um, like above you, then it symbolizes like a kind of like a spirit guide energy. And there's like two of them. I think I can make out there um, as I'm like looking at them. Anyway, what is this story all about? So I've always had this thing about the color red. 
Um, in the past, up until literally today, when I was really just meditating on it, I would I would have said literally up until again this morning that it was the hardest color um, for me to kind of call in. And that's because historically, I've always felt so ungrounded. And I've been really feeling that contrast as of late because my mom, so such a red, you know, her human aura um, is so red. It's not even funny. The same with my dad. Um, a lot of my friends um, that like I would surround myself with, they are such, I, you know what? Now that I'm like thinking about it. Yeah. All of them are such red people. Um, red's a beautiful color, by the way. You know, it's like, it's like the color of groundedness. It's the color of getting stuff done. Um, it's such like a, like, okay. So red is very much like the material, you know, um, I've seen with people around me that, you know, I'm thinking of that have red around them. Um, they're very, very family oriented. Um, they know how to get stuff done. My mom and my dad are both like that. You know, I'm thinking of my aunt too, very, very red person. Um, very, very good at bringing things into physical manifestation, you know, very, very good at like focusing, um, working very, very hard to, you know, make stuff a reality, you know? Um, I would say like, there was like an opposite. It might be like kind of indigo or violet actually, which is, you know, what I'm getting to in a moment because indigo and violet, they're dreamers, they are channelers. So it's, it's just different, you know, and there's no, um, no color is better or worse than the other. If there's anything I've learned, like just even looking at our aura photographs now, again, I'm all indigo. There's not one other color in here um, or within my aura photograph. And I'm looking at Michael's photo. And again, it's very red. It's orange. It's yellow. It's blue. You know, it's pink, you know, um, but mostly red, which is what I suspected in the first place. And there's no... An, What's so interesting to me is we we are very opposite people. It's very strange. We I would say we probably share the same soul, the same spirit and like a or we have very diff, or very similar soul spirits. You know, when you look under the hood, it's kind of like we have very similar energies to where if you look past all of the third dimensional stuff and the stories like, you know, our families, um well we kind of we did grow up in the same place, so that is the same. But our life experiences, you know, um we're like the same, like energetically underneath materially. We could not be more different, like political views, um, views on just life in general, um, thoughts, beliefs, whatever, very, very different. But when it comes to our like souls, it's like they could not be more similar. And it's always been fascinating. So it doesn't surprise me that our human auras, like he's got this gorgeous, you know, beautiful, bright, multicolored, mostly red aura and I'm very, very just indigo, um, it, indigo everywhere. Um, and again, the aura photographs are just simply a different dimension of the aura. And so I find it, again, so beautiful that we are literally, it kind of captured the opposite nature of our humanness just in like photographic form, um, if that literally made any sense. Um, anyway, but I've been thinking a lot about the color red as of late, because my photograph, no, there has been no photograph, no, by any aura photographer, no reading, or even when I read my own aura, it's never red, ever, okay? I'm never, never, ever red. The only time I've seen red 
is sometimes when I am just, I've been outside for a long period of time and it's just like a beautiful day. Um, those are the only times I've ever really seen red. And usually it's a mixture of like red, pink, magenta, and orange. Maybe sometimes with a hint of yellow. But yeah, usually like orange, red, and like pink. You know, never just red on its own. And I was really digging into that um, today because, again, there are no good or bad aura colors. What's more important is that they are all balanced. And so what I see in like, Michael's photo is it is like very, very balanced. Um, it's kind of reflective. And what is that? No, there's a better word for that. Symmetrical. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more symmetrical. Um, he has like, a again, a ton of different colors. And mine is also symmetrical in a way, but it has one color, um, which I found very, very interesting. And it did actually capture the nature of our human spirits. So what does all that mean? Number one, I've been contemplating a lot about the color red for a long time because, again, you know what? I think there's a better way of framing this. I just wanted a better relationship with the color red because anytime I would read about the color red when I was still learning about aura colors um, or I thought about the color red, I was like, I don't get you. You know, I just I don't get you. I don't understand the color red. I don't really understand how to call in the color red. And I was just like, am I just bad at the color red? I don't have, I've never, again, I never see it in my own personal aura. I just feel so disconnected and so, yeah, just so far away. And just, I like, I don't have like even a relationship with the color red. And so that's what I wanted to heal today. So when I was sitting, you know, um, this morning, you know, with all of these, you know, thoughts, et cetera, um, I pulled a card. And my question was, you know, how do I kind of heal my relationship with the color red? Like, what's going on? Like, I feel like I'm in the shadow of the color red and the shapeshifter came through. So perfect, right? The shapeshifter actually does appear as red in the aura. And what's so interesting about this that I never considered before was that red is very, very grounded. And, you know, red can be like in its shadow, if someone is really red, they can be averse to change. Like again, Michael's very red. Um, and we were having so many conversations yesterday, beautiful conversations about change and the future um, and what it is that we want to create in our futures and how that amount of change um, can be intimidating sometimes. And for me, Again, my base color is usually orange and orange is movement. Orange is change. You know, orange in its brightest, um, most vibrant, you know, open, vulnerable, honest, authentic expression is change. You know, so I've never, I'm no stranger to change. I literally don't care. You know, you could tell me I'm moving. I tried to move to like a different country for like a couple of years. Yeah, you could tell me to move to a different country for who knows how long and you're never going to come back or not never. Um, but you could tell me I'm moving to like Vietnam, you know, for that's just so far away from, um, I guess I've never even been to like, um, a country in like Asia, Southeast Asia, et cetera. Um, still dying to go, but yeah. So for me, that would be very, very different is all I'm saying, you know, contrast to where I live in America. And so, yeah, you could tell me I'm moving to like Vietnam or like, um, anywhere, and not, and I wouldn't see my family for two years and I'd be like, okay, sure. Sounds great. You know, I wouldn't even flinch. And 
it's so interesting because I'm surrounded by so many red people that they would never do that. And again, there's no better or worse. It's just that, you know, they're very grounded, very loyal, very, very family oriented and in their shadow can be very, very adverse to change. Um, so I didn't even think about this when I recorded the introduction to Aura Color series. And again, that series was meant to be an introduction um, because I think it's imp- I was going to say impossible. Then it started to come out as important. I think it's impossible to capture literally every single, you know, dimension of an aura color in like a 60 minute podcast episode. So and like an like there's just infinite wisdom from the colors, the archetypes, et cetera. So I don't think I talked about this. You know, red is in its shadow is very, very fixed and it's very, very rigid, um, which is very, very it, it is opposite to the shapeshifter because the shapeshifter is it's the loose. uh yeah, it's the elusive. It's the formless. You know, it's the, you know, part of ourselves that is kind of like experimental. You know, it's more it is more of like an ungrounded energy. And so the shapeshifter makes a wonderful addition to the red family because and this is where I I really loved, you know, exploring the aura colors in this way. Because every single archetype, you know, shows up as a different, you know, shade of its color and brings like a different dimension and a different layer of understanding to what that color means. You know, so there are other um, beautiful cards that create the red family, such as the one agape, which translates to unconditional love. Uh, What else is red? The gem, uh, the temple. Did I say the mirror? You get it. You know, there's um seven archetypes per family and the shapeshifter is one of them. And so the shapeshifter is every single archetype has its light and its shadow. And the shapeshifter brings this medicine of understanding that in this material world, things do change. You know, there are unexpected things um, that occur that require us to be adaptive. You know, so the shapeshifter in its lightest expression is adaptive. Um, it evolves and it just moves with the shifts, you know. So if anything, the past couple of years have taught me you do need to be way more adaptive um, and w- like flexible. Let's think. Of, yeah, like, let's think of like the word flexible. Um, the shapeshifter allows us to be flexible, you know, as things continually change around us that are so far out of our control the shapeshifter brings this wonderful medicine to the red family that says, Hey, you know, things are changing, but here's the thing. So red, again, red is very, very solid. Red is very, very grounded. It seems to me that red is one of those identity colors. So what am I talking about? So like blue is one of those because blue is very, you know, is it's about being very, very connected to your truth. Um, same kind of the same with indigo too, um, in a way. And so is yellow. Yellow is um, knowing yourself and really being confident in who you are. You know, Um, that's like that solar plexus chakra energy of like power, self-empowerment, confidence. Um, So, yes, yellow, blue, indigo and then red. You know, red is also a little bit about identity, too. Um, Maybe more identity related to family, but that might take some more digging. Um. So the shapeshifter basically asks us to balance, you know, having integrity in who we are 
and knowing who we are, you know, knowing our dreams, knowing, you know, yeah, exactly. You know what exactly makes us who we are and what it is that we want to accomplish in this lifetime. Um, and having that core sense of integrity and also being adaptive and flexible at the same time. You know, there is a very unique balance that occurs there where, you know, you know who you are, but you're also like willing to be flexible and adaptive with your surroundings, you know, when things that are out of your control do begin to change, you know. So the shapeshifter brings that medicine to the red family, um, that much needed medicine that, yes, you know, it is very, very important to have some integrity to stay grounded in yourself um, to stay grounded in your values too, you know, what it is that you know that you value, you know, what it is that really connects you to this human experience, you know, all those wonderful things to stay grounded in that, but not lean too deep into the shadow where you become so fixed and rigid that you are just so afraid of change, you know, and that you can't kind of like, what is it like roll with the punches, you know, as they kind of come to you. So that's the shapeshifter. And that was incredibly healing to me because, again, I felt like I was like, I don't I don't feel like I have like a really, you know, intimate, you know, connected relationship with red. And that actually brought up a lot of healing for me. And as I was sitting there, I was I just heard, um, well, that's because you expect groundedness to look a certain way. And like whatever that message was, it was completely right. You know, anytime. I've heard someone say or heard anybody talk about the aura color red or the um, what is that? The root chakra um, or getting grounded in general. I was like, well, that's not me. You know, I don't like whatever sit. I mean, well, that's actually not true. I love walking in nature. I love sitting in nature, Um, but I can't just I mean, actually, I could just sit out there for hours. So maybe I'm more grounded than I think. But whenever I would hear people talk about, you know, what being grounded meant to them, I just didn't feel it, you know? I didn't really feel connected to their definition. And again, you know, you always have to figure out these things for yourself. And that's the most important thing. So while some people, you know, really love taking a bath and that helps them feel grounded, or some people love taking like a mud bath or like just like gardening or something. Um, and that like, or just like, you know, really feeling the earth or like some people like to go, oh, what is that? There's like a practice where you walk around without your shoes or something like that just to really, really feel, you know, grounded and connected to the earth. It's something about walking. I'm not really sure what it is, but it's a thing. OK. Um, and for me, you know, I do love being out in nature. I do love sitting just in silence. And that like that is actually when I would see red in my aura the most. Um, but that kind of groundedness like groundedness in nature, I understand. Um, but the same kind of, ooh, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, but the same kind of groundedness in like family, I think that might have something more to do with it. I never thought about that before because everybody I'm thinking of actually, um, because there's a, there's a lot to the color red in the same way that there's a lot to a bunch of other colors, you know? Um, red is all about like ancestry, your ancestors connecting to your ancestors. Um, red is a lot about family. And for me, family has always been, (laughs) I love my family. Um, I've grown to accept that, you know, my family doesn't necessarily look the same as everybody else's family. 
And that's more than okay. Um, Because another message I've been receiving as of late is that God is growth, you know, and you receive different dimensions and different expressions of God, you know, depending on, you know, where it is that you need to grow, you know? And so my experience of my family has helped me so much just in terms of redefining, you know, the definition of family for myself and really, really shifting that around. And I've gotten to, I've had the opportunity to be very, very creative um, with what family means to me in general. Um, But there's just so much coming up today. I don't even know what it is. Um, But the, the core medicine that I really needed here is that, again, we take so much for granted just in terms of, you know, just it's always beautiful to like listen to other people's experiences, but it's also really, really important to investigate for yourself. So while some people might interpret being grounded as X, Y, Z, and some people might interpret being connected to family as X, Y, Z, that's not the same for everyone. You know, I have so many or no, I do. I have so many, you know, friends where they're like nuclear families. I mean, I I don't even know if like people use that word anymore, um, but they have very, very, I guess, you know, classic families, you know, what is that even anymore? You know, mom, dad, uh, maybe like a brother or sister or two, and, and then them, you know, their parents stayed together, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And also no one really knows what's going on behind the scenes. You don't even, you don't know anybody's like family, you know, not like, not like they do, you know, because you didn't grow up in it. So again, healthy, um, it's always good to have like a healthy dose of just like awareness that you don't know everything, even, you know, not everything is what it appears to be on the surface. Um, But I would say back when I was younger, I would describe, you know, a lot of my friends as having like the perfect family because their parents did stay together. Um, And they had like big families or like one of my friends um, as of now She actually doesn't have the, I guess what you would call like the quintessential, like quote unquote normal, because what is that even anymore? Um, Family, because her parents are divorced and they did get, um, at least one of them got remarried. I don't want to make a mistake like that, Um, but uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, But they are also very family oriented. Like every single Sunday, like clockwork, she spends um, at like her grandmother's house. You know, I don't have that, you know? Um, I love like eating dinner with my family, but, or like my other friend, you know, she at like five, five thirty, yeah, like five thirty, um, her family eats dinner together, you know, very, very like family is such a huge core value for them. And maybe that's why the red color red's coming up too. Um, because I was actually talking to her specifically, um, because she, one of her brothers, um, her mom and her dad, they're very family oriented people. Her other brother, too, but just not in the same way. Um, But family's always been like a core value um, for them. And so he is um, in a long-term relationship or not long-term, I don't know, three years. Is that long-term? Longer than anything I've ever experienced. So for me, that's like forever. Um, Other people, that's like so fresh, you know, perspective. But um, they're kind of figuring out you know, it has been about three, three and a half years and they're, you know, deciding, you know, where do they want to live? And they both want to live close to their families. So we were all having a in-depth conversation. I really enjoyed that conversation about values in general. And something tells me that red is also just knowing your values, you know, 
I mean, sure, yeah, red is like I see a lot of red, you know, around people that are very, very family oriented. Um, but that's not all that it is, you know. Sometimes I feel like red is, is it's just so much more than that, you know. It can be a lot of just knowing your values, and that's where the shapeshifter comes into play again, because on a personal level. You know, the shapeshifter is all about integrity. You know, again, balancing your personal integrity whilst being adaptive and being flexible. So remember, like, oh, so actually that is a great example of a conversation um, because we were talking a lot about relationships and deal breakers that day. Um, And what's like something that you can compromise on? And then what is something that is actually just a deal breaker? You know, so for me, I can live just about anywhere. I mean, I have preferences, you know, as to where I want to live, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I don't need to live super close to my family. You know, um, I could, I couldn't, you know, it's just, it's just not a thing for me. Um, but for her brother, it is. And for his girlfriend, um, it is as well. So it was just so interesting because some of my friends were like, well, one of them should just compromise. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, if that is a value of theirs, like being close to their family and like living near their family, that's a deal breaker. You know, that's just who they are. You know, it's easy for some of us to say, oh, well, just compromise, you know, like if you both want to be near your families, like one of you is just going to have to give. But if that is both of their, you know, very deep values, what are you going to do? I don't know what they're going to do. Um, That's technically none of my business, but I just thought the conversation um was very, very interesting because location, red does have a lot to do with location. Location's never been like a big deal to me. Like I said, I could move to Vietnam and that'd be great. Um, I could also like move to Texas. You know, everybody's moving to Texas nowadays. I could also move to California or uh, move back to Chicago. Probably not. It's freezing there. I don't want to go back there. Move to Arizona. You know, who knows? Who cares? Um, and, but for some people, that's not the case. Or like for me, children. I've always wanted kids. Um, that's so simple to me. That's like my core value. I'm not sacrificing that for anyone. You know, if um, if Michael wasn't okay with children, we wouldn't be together because that is a deal breaker, you know? And so there's just a lot of medicine coming in, you know, for red and kind of just knowing, again, it's one of those identity colors, you know, knowing who you are, and having integrity within who you are, but also again with the shapeshifter balancing, you know, when things do need to change. So it's not saying that you need to change. It's just like, you know, maybe being open to change because again, like I said earlier, a lot of medicine surrounding, you know, just God being growth in general and God, you know, source, spirit, creation, the universe, the cosmos, the mystery, the great mystery, giving you whatever it is, you know, that you need in order to grow. And we're all allowed to have our values. You know, we're all allowed to have the things that are important to us, but we need to be open to, you know, maybe the plan changes a little bit. You know, maybe I want kids at a certain time and maybe it's they're meant to come at this time, you know? Um, maybe, uh, oh, I don't know about those two. Um, no, they love each other very much, you know, and it's very admirable um, that they're working through this as a couple. Um, 
maybe they're, I don't know, you can just get so creative. Maybe they're meant to live near one of their families one year and then they can move again and then they can move again. I don't even know. I don't know if that's what either of them want. I'm just like trying to come up with ideas. Um, But it's the balance, you know, and it's I feel like Red's also just knowing what's important to you and then knowing what's not, you know, so we all have our deal breakers, right? Like children is my deal breaker for some people being close to their family so that they can raise their family and raise their children. That is their deal breaker, you know, and then, you know, being with a person again has taught me so much about like compromise because I can sometimes be rather uncompromising. But if there's anything I'm always trying to be aware of is have your deal breakers, have your, you know, have your integrity, you know, be authentic, be honest, be you. But on things that do not matter, compromise, you know, and realize, you know, what it is. And that's what red kind of does too. You know, it really helps you to iron out the nitty gritty of like what is actually really, really important to me. And, you know, I learned so much through the lens of relationships. But, yeah, what is actually really, really important to me and just like what is not like what could I care less about? You know, so, for instance, uh, Michael wants like three dogs and I've never had a pet in my life. You know, my mom's like allergic to everything that sheds. Um, My dad's had pets. I don't know why he doesn't have like a dog or something. I don't know if my stepmom wants any dogs. Um, So I've just never thought about it. You know, I've never had a dog. Um, He has a cat. I love his cat. Zoe's adorable. Um, If anything, I wanted, I'm like a cat person. You know, I've always wanted like a teeny, like like a teacup cat or just like a white Persian cat. I don't even know. Um, I haven't given too much thought into it, but I, oh my gosh, kittens, cats, so adorable. Um, That's more my vibe of anything. Um, But he's always said he wanted three dogs. And I was like, You know, we haven't even been dating for like that long, but I think it's always just important to pay attention early. Like we were having so many beautiful conversations last night um, in which I learned that I need to just pay some more attention, you know, Um, in general, like when people tell you stuff, you know, usually they mean it, you know. Um, So I've like told it many times. Yeah, I want like three kids, you know. Um, and even though we haven't been dating for that long, that's just something that is so key to who I am. Maybe it's three, maybe it's not, but I just want kids. Um, but that is something that is like a core value of mine, right? That's not changing anytime soon. So I always like, I always just bring it up early because I'm like, if you don't want kids at all, we are not like for each other. And that's like my one deal breaker, right? Um, And then for him, he claims that having dogs is like his deal breaker or something. Well, he might not have said deal breaker, but it it is important to him. Um, And again, I don't know. I've never had a dog. Not one. So three, I'm like, and he wants like some big ones. Um, I don't even know. I don't know how that works. Um, But all of this is to say that pets have never been a deal breaker for me. So if he, I don't know, if we ended up together and he wanted three dogs and great, you know, because again, that's kind of the, again, shapeshifter balancing, you know, having your own integrity, but again, knowing what is actually important to you so that you leave room for, you know, wiggle room, you know, you have flexibility, you know, just with respect to things that, you know, you can be open to, you know, I have no deal breakers regarding dogs, you know, so that's like my area to be open and compromising and say, hey, if that's really, really important to you, go get them, you know, and then I will figure out how to walk the dog. 
uh, but with how big those dogs are that he says and how like I'm not small, like I'm like 5'10", you know, um, but I'm pretty sure with how big those dogs are that he's describing, he was like, they weigh more than you do. They'll probably be walking me, you know? Um, so I don't even know like how, how all that stuff will work. Um, but there's just been so much beautiful medicine surrounding the color red. And even the recording this podcast has, or this episode has been incredibly healing for me because this morning I literally woke up and I was like, I still don't get red. And as, as soon as I began talking about it, I'm like, you know what? The more I talk about it, the more I do understand the color red. Um, but oh, I was like, oh, I did cover all three messages that I wanted to like get through today because within, so when I, I ooh, earlier, so many downloads, earlier I was talking about how, you know, I did want to focus on, I just, I wanted to experiment. Hey, the shapeshifter experimental. Um, I really wanted to experiment with just focusing on one card and kind of look at the internal aura of the card. So what does that mean? Kind of saying this a little late in the podcast episode. Um, but basically it's looking at the personal shared and collective aspects of, you know, one archetype. So how does the shapeshifter, you know, help us reconnect to ourselves? You know, how does it, you know, guide us in terms of sharing space? Um, and how does it guide us in and sharing space um, with God in general? And how does it guide us in terms of caring for other people? And I actually did touch on all those things. I just, it wasn't very organized. But again, leaving room for experimenting and just like seeing how things go. Um, but again, shapeshifter in a personal way, just to echo the messages and you know, look over them one more time. The shapeshifter is a very personal archetype. Again, in terms of if you're going to play around with this energy and this archetype, you really, really need to know who you are and what it is that you value. And that is what makes it such a red card in the first place. Because, you know, we've talked a lot about the light side of the shapeshifter. It's vibrant. It's adaptive. You know, it doesn't take things too seriously. Um, but if you're going to be calling in and channeling this archetype for a long time, you really do need to know who you are because the shadow is kind of being deceitful um, or people pleasing. And I've had problems with the people pleasing aspect of this card, um, especially when I was younger. And I really didn't. And this is why red is so important. I really didn't think about, wait, what it is? What is it that I actually value? You know, and it's weird because I always knew like, um, and it sounds so weird to say, um, but just even knowing that I value having children and that is like a key value for me has opened up a lot because back to what I was saying earlier about family, um, it's so weird. But you know, when you're like younger and sometimes you'll say, I don't care about this, but really you care. It was the same thing for me about family. Um, because I used to say, I don't really care about family. I'm not family oriented, um, blah, blah, blah. Because at the time I felt like I just felt so disconnected from my own family. And again, I had these expectations for what I thought, you know, in my mind, especially, you know, when I was, you know, in middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, I had expectations for what family should look like because everybody around me, had these quote unquote perfect families. And I always say quote unquote, because again, I didn't really know what was going on. You don't know what's going on in anybody's family or their business, you know, because it's not yours. Um, 
But yeah, I would always tell myself I'm not family oriented. I don't care about family. Um, not that I don't care about my family. Like I love my sister, Claire, love her to death. You know, I also love my mom and my dad. Um, but again, I just didn't feel like, like I never felt like my family was my safe place because it was always changing. You know what I mean? So it wasn't that, you know, and by the way, you know, as I become more open and healed, you know, I guess this archetype in this color, you know, my family is 100% there for me, you know, even though it didn't look the way that I thought that it should, you know, at a certain point in time, they are, you know, there was a point like a month ago, whatever, several weeks ago where I called my mom and I was just like, I need you. Not those exact words, but like my energy was like, I need you. And she was like, done, you know, she dropped whatever. Um, I got lucky too, because I did call her while she was at work and she had just like finished, you know, her case for the day. Um, yeah. Um, she works in a surgery center. Um, but yeah, she just finished up one of her cases for the day and she was like, I'll be there in like an hour or whatever, you know? So when I needed, you know, my mom, you know, she was very much there for me. And that's, again, a lot of just even working with or engaging and developing with the aura colors in general is figuring out what they mean to you. Because when I originally um, received the archetypes deck and then I started, I was like, what is the connection between archetypes and aura colors in general? I I was like, wow, this color or this archetype seems to be like red, right? You know, the story seems to match red. What would be like a good example? Um, or like, here's an, a very easy example, the creator. So um, orange is a very, um, it's a very creative color. It's all about creation or it's all about like human creativity, co-creation, you know, your relationship with spirit and creation, you know, as in God, source, spirit, creation in general. Orange is all about creativity. So I was like, the creator should be orange, should be orange. That was my mistake. And really the creator is yellow, you know? So I remember the day I was like, you know, I could sit here and like try and like, I guess, match the arc in like a very um, linear, logical way, match the archetypes to you know, what colors I think they should be, you know, depending on their stories, or I could just let the archetypes reveal their colors to me. And that's what I did. So the archetypes chose their own colors and the shapeshifter is red um, for this very reason of number one, I didn't know how different archetypes were going to play off of one another. I didn't know how, you know, yeah, different ones would bring out different dimensions of one another and that they would all kind of bring their own medicine to the table to create this collective, you know, because the shapeshifter is just one shade of red. You know, there's a mirror, there's um, unconditional love, there's the one, there's the temple, there's the gem that are all different, you know, dimensions and shades of red. And all of their medicine together creates the beautiful red family. And what's so interesting to me, you know, going all the way back to this morning, I always, I kept on repeating in my head, Red's my literal least favorite, um, not actually my least favorite color. I love the color red. I love wearing red. I look great in red, okay? Um, beautiful, beautiful color. It's actually one of my favorite colors too to see, you know, in my aura whenever, you know, that happens. You know, I love seeing the red, you know, pink, orange blend. It is striking. It's so beautiful. Um, 
but I was I would always repeat to myself, I don't have I don't understand red. And it's because I didn't have my own relationship with red. Um, and that's sometimes so saying that you don't or that I didn't have a relationship with a color is kind of the same way as saying I have a lot of healing to do with that color. You know, clearly a bunch of things just came up today, you know, about family and what is. Oh, that's what I was saying with that. So many downloads. Um, But going back to that a little bit, like I said, I would always, you know, repeat to myself, I don't like family is not a core value. Family is not a core value when actually family does mean a lot to me. And that's what I was saying earlier about like children. You know, I've always known that I've wanted children. I've always known that I want to create my own family. And again, my family has taught me so much in terms of being very intentional and being very conscious when it comes to creating family. You know, I don't. And so sometimes our learning curves, again, they teach us where we need to grow or allow room for growth. Um, But they also allow room for or catalyze this conscious intention in an area that you might have previously taken for granted, you know? So all those, all my friends that I'm thinking of that are very, very red, um, a lot of them do have, you know, very, I guess what you could say on the outside, like quote unquote, perfect families, like very, I guess, again, quote unquote, normal families, because I'm pretty sure perfect and normal um, doesn't exist. But what you would expect to be perfect and normal. Um, they have that, you know, and I felt like because, oh, I just lost my train of thought a little because I got like a little text. Um, what was I saying? Whatever, you know, uh, quintessential family, perfect family, whatever. But oh, that's what I was saying. Right. Um, sometimes when you have that, you can take things for granted, you know, and if anything, what I'm learning now is that my interpersonal relationships within my family, my family as a collective, I don't take family for granted, you know, in one way or another. I was having a wonderful conversation about this with my friend um, like months ago about how like, you know, people will always say like blood is blood, family is family. And she just doesn't feel that way um, just because of certain things that are like occurring in her family and her family is very family family oriented, which is very interesting um, because I met her entire family um, and they are very, very interesting people. But um, what was I what was I going to say? Um, but sometimes even if you have that, it really just depends. But there are people that I have seen that do take their fa- like they have very nice families. Um, I've been with their families, their family like gets along for the most point and there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something to be said where if you don't have, again, like what you would call like the quote unquote quintessential, like perfect family, then you end up taking that for granted, you know, or you don't, whichever one I said, when you don't have that, you don't take it for granted, you know? So if there's anything I've learned, you know, through this card, through the beginning of the exploration, the color red, because like I said, there's probably just a lot of feeling that needs to be done around the color red. I really do value family. And if anything, my family has highlighted just how much I do value it, you know? And that's something that's actually always been very clear to me. Again, I've always known that I want to be like a mom. I've always known that I want kids and that I want to create a family of my own. 
And my family has been my biggest teacher in terms of what it is that I want to create and what it is that I can just, you know, I'm brushing my hands. I'm trying not to be too loud, though. Leave behind, you know, Um, that's been something that I definitely really, really needed, you know, because now I'm so connected to my soul family, my spirit family, like, et cetera. Um, And I can't wait for like my spirit babies to like land earth side one day. And again, red or um, or just colors in general, you know, really expanding beyond what it is that you think that they are, because I've had I've received so much healing, you know, from my spirit potential children, whatever you want to call them. Um, Honestly, they feel more like spirit guides than anything. Um, But they because they are spirit babies, they have like this like hint of like family medicine that they always bring. Um, just in terms of our relationships with ourselves, um, our relationship with God, and then again, our relationship with this collective family in general. Um, but yes, that is so much medicine from the shapeshifter. Again, knowing who you are on a personal level and, oh, right. I was talking about the shadow for a little bit, um, because we talked a lot about integrity, a lot about red and values, you know, that's kind of like, um, again, knowing who you are. That is a big part of the shapeshifter. And then there's also how you share space, right? Because again, I talked about it is really, really important to know who you are in relationships of all kinds and just like knowing who you are in general, um, just so that like when you interact with people, you don't fall into the shadow of the shapeshifter, which is people pleasing. And I said I had a problem with that. Like at uh, some point in this episode, I did like say I do... Um, or I did have a problem with that at one point in my life, you know, and that's because I wasn't really connected to my values as a person, you know, um, but that is the shadow of the shapeshifter is either deceit or yeah, just being deceitful um, or people pleasing, which honestly, I think is like one in the same a little bit because both of them have to do with just not being aligned with who you are. And the beautiful part about the shapeshifter, too, is that, you know, when it comes to not only sharing space with people, but how we can like care um, just in terms on like a collective level, like how we can care for one another. The kind of I would say like the highest octave, the highest like vibration of, I guess, you know, I don't know, it feels weird to say that, but that's like the best word I can come up with at this time. The highest octave vibration expression better word, um, of the shapeshifter is service and the greater good, you know? So being, you know, knowing your values, you know, knowing exactly who you are, but also being adaptive and open to, you know, how can I use, you know, those values and like knowing who I am and being in my authenticity to just like be of service in general, you know, and to be like adapted, you know, how do people, and to be considering, you know, balancing even who am I? And how do people need me? You know, who am I and how can I show up in an authentic way to give of myself, you know? And that's something I'm just like learning, you know, just now as I'm spending more time with this card. But the diminished or the lower vibrational or the lower octave version is people pleasing, you know, so compromising who you are in order to, quote unquote, take care of other people because that helps no one. Geez, I have so many conversations, you know, with Michael about this um, because, again, he's a very red person. And that's how this started. You know, this all started with a beautiful trip to the aura photography, you know, shop in, on Canal Street 
you know, where I was like, wow, we are really opposites. I'm indigo. You're so red, um, et cetera. So he is very, very red. And we talk about this all the time because again, the colors, and this is why, why I love, you know, taking a look at all the archetypes, they come as a collective, you know? So in order to develop a relationship with red, it's not just about developing a relationship with the shapeshifter. It's also the flame. I feel like I never mentioned the flame, um, but it is also the flame. It is also the, um, what is it? The gem, the one, um, all of them, you know, and balancing all of them. That's what developing a relationship with any color looks like, at least in my practice, you know, in my language. Um, and it's so interesting because he's not a people pleaser, but sometimes he does fall into the shadow of the shapeshifter. Like he's one of those people, he knows who he is, you know? Um, and he will not like bend who he is for anyone. And when I tap into, you know, red a little bit, um, it's very interesting to see. But also, again, yellow is also an identity color. So I very much know who I am. And so does he just in very, again, they're different like flavors, you know, um, different flavors of what identity is. So I'm a very yellow person. I'm like, yeah, I know who like, I know a lot about myself and like my core values in that respect. And then he's also a very red person, which is being very grounded in who you are. So watching, you know, his red and my yellow interact with each other is very interesting, but that's a conversation probably for another day. Um, but yeah, no, he's very grounded in who he is. I've only seen the shadow sometimes of he's not a people pleaser because he will literally be like, I don't do that for anybody. Um, but I don't know how to describe it. Um, but there is, so people pleasing is one thing. And, but another shadow of the shapeshifter is it can kind of be staying quiet or doing, or like kind of diminishing yourself a little bit in order to make things easier, you know? So I used to do that a lot, you know, um, which is probably just like a shade of people pleasing. So sometimes like, Oh, in like family dynamics, you know, when things were not like things are way more stable, you know, obviously now than versus, you know, when my parents first, you know, were separated. Um, but I was the kind of kid where I was like, please don't make any waves. There are enough waves already, you know, and that le led to a long journey of like losing my voice, finding it again, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, not necessarily like the focal point of this episode, um, but that's like a form of people pleasing, you know, diminishing who you are just in order to kind of create peace when it's so interesting because he is a natural peacemaker. He is naturally like, like one of those people that can just bring more love, more harmony, more healing by being who he is rather than by diminishing who he is and being who he's not. So, um, that's just something interesting to consider. But yes, that is the medicine of the shapeshifter. I did enjoy just like focusing on one archetype because there is so much, you know, again, there's so much on a personal level. Again, red, knowing your values. And like for me, you know, um, there's a lot of feeling to be done just in terms of really reflecting on what my values are. Again, I really valued family. I tricked myself into thinking that I didn't value family. Um, for a long time, probably as some sort of weird defense mechanism, because again, my family, I didn't consider to be quote unquote perfect when in fact, it's exactly the medicine I needed 
and the catalyst I needed to be really intention intentional and conscious about how I create my family in the future. Um, and again, the shapeshifter in shared spaces, you know, how do we maintain? So once we, it's like a building block, you know? So the personal aura is all about like knowing, or like it's about an aspect of our soul, our spirit, and kind of connecting to who we are. And then we build from there. So once we know who we are in this case, and we know our values, how is it that we interact with other people, you know? Um, especially in those interpersonal relationships that I was talking about earlier. You know, if you have a value, your partner has a value, you know, where do you compromise? Compromise? Are they able to be compromised on or are they deal breakers? You know, how do you engage in relationships without compromising who you are, but still being willing to bend and to be flexible and to be adaptive and also just in general? Because again, life can throw whatever at you at whatever time, you know, we've all learned that especially over the course of the past year in some way, shape or form. And then finally, on like a collective scale, you know, using, you know, leveraging, you know, who it is, who we are and what we value, you know, and then, you know, that there is something very, very beautiful about that, you know, really connecting to who you are, what you value and what you have to give and then adapting that to all different kinds of situations, you know, So for me, that would be like doing a mini exploration with respect to, you know, I really do value family and I really do value, you know, the family that I'm going to create one day, you know, Um, and that's a very red thing. So how do I use, you know, that core value of mine that's in my soul, my spirit, et cetera, and then use that to care for the collective? You know, how does that core, basically, how does that core gift manifest and how does it shape shift? And how is it adaptable to a bunch of different situations, you know? So you have the balance of, you know, knowing what it is that you do value and, you know, knowing what it is, you know, being grounded basically in who you are, what you value, your identity, et cetera. And then amplifying that and transforming that with the shapeshifters energy so that you can share that in infinite spaces, in infinite different spaces, you know? So that's just something to think about. But I think I'm going to close it there because, you know, I have to like think about that more. Um, But yeah, this is just a beautiful example of, you know, how really just paying attention to one card can be incredibly healing. Um, Not only within the card, but also learning more about the colors. And so now that I've learned about, you know, red with the shapeshifter, it's going to help me learn more about red with the one, you know, and red with the gem, which would in turn help me more learn more about red with the shapeshifter. You know, they all, I love thinking about them as a family because they all have relationships with each other and they all grow together. You know, the more that I learn about red with the shapeshifter, I learn about red with the flame. And then I learn about orange with um, the vessel, or gold um, with the hunter, you know, Um, they're all one family, you know, divided into subfamilies. It's all very beautiful. So I'm going to end there. I had so much fun, you know, talking about the shapeshifter. I had a lot of fun. I'm so glad I have this photo. I'm still looking at our two photos together. You know, it's very us, very us that we would have very different human auras. Um, And I'm sure there's much more to explore with that. But okay, so I'm going to take like another moment of silence. I always like to thank um, anything that guided this exploration today, any spirit, any entity, any being. Um, Also, I just like to take a moment of silence just to 
you know, yeah, I think it's just always important to say thank you, you know, to anything that guides you. Um, and to also just say thank you to yourself for, you know, sitting with yourself and taking the time to go deeper and develop a relationship with yourself, you know, in this setting. So I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths now, and then we will close the episode. Okay, perfect. So I really enjoyed doing this. I will probably do something like this again because this was just very, very helpful to me Um, because now I've got a lot of reflecting to do, you know, in terms of, you know, values, what does home, because red is a lot about, by the way, home. Um, That comes through more with the temple, but red is a lot about home. Red is a lot about family values. You know, what does all of that mean to you? But if there's anything I've learned today, I am much more connected to red than I think. Again, it's more about being open to, you know, again, being open to that there are so many different kinds of families or that we all have our different values and that's okay. And that's beautiful and that should be celebrated, you know, in the spirit of diversity and inclusivity, all, you know, experiences of red, all experiences of groundedness, of family, of integrity, of values, of home, you know, those are all meant to be celebrated. If anything, the colors, the archetypes are an invitation to go deeper and understand what do all of those individual dimensions of red, dimensions of orange, whatever, what do they really mean to you? And that's what allows you to have a relationship. You know, these relationships don't come from like reading. Like I've, I mean, I've read books on the aura, you know, um, on like, I've read like, the um, archetype guidebook, like when the deck first came out, like you can read all this stuff, but where the connection truly comes from is, you know, just channeling it for yourself, you know, and realizing that like your, um, your external experiences are all connected to the aura in such a beautiful way. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about that for now. So thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed you know, listening to or not listening to, geez, uh, recording this podcast episode. I'm not sure what the next one will be. Um, It probably will have something to do with the color red. Um, But until then, I will talk to you soon. 